high. <laughs> Wow. I swallowed weird. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hold on. Hi, my name is Ashley Eldridge. I'm a guest on this week's episode. And we have been talking about toxic toxic femininity. 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 Listen to it. Listen to it, please. And um Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our podcast. Dude, where are you? We're about to start. Ethan, we need where you. Where is he? Ashley, are you on the phone at the beginning I just, of an episode? I just, we need Ethan. Ashley, Ethan's always, you can't be doing this. <laughs> Ethan, I gotta go. This is insane. Why is somebody always on the phone <laughs> when we start? Just hurry up. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. People, welcome out. Um, welcome out. <laughs> welcome out to this podcast today. We came uh, long and far. <laughs> welcome to, for lack of a title, I am Levi Larson. I'm Justin Lowe. Ashley Eldridge. And I'm Savannah Jackson. And there are no more male voices. <laughs> this is going to be the best episode yet. <laughs> Don't you even worry. Girls around the world. <laughs> so uh, if you're wondering why things are different, uh, when we did the toxic masculinity episode not too long ago, um, we had a se- several people that listened to the podcast um, mention that it would be interesting if we did a toxic femininity episode. Um, and... Savannah mentioned that she was really interested in doing that, and so we have Savannah, Ashley, and Jesslyn here to take on this episode and take on this discussion. Uh, I am here merely as a mediator. I know it's probably also really ironic to have a male here trying to help us discuss toxic femininity. It's so ironic. Even though we didn't have a woman for toxic masculinity, so I will be very hands-off. Um, um, I would just like to make a disclaimer here that toxic femininity is an extremely hard word to say. <laughs> so if we struggle, don't laugh. And if we accidentally say toxic masculinity because it's easier to say, just <laughs> pretend like we said toxic femininity. Okay, yeah, that's all. <laughs> all right. Um, so we want to start off by first and foremost defining uh, what is toxic femininity. Jesslyn, can you kind of give us just like a brief definition of what it is? Yes. So uh, there's obviously a lot of different aspects of toxic femininity. Um, For the sake of this podcast, though, and for what we're going to be discussing today, um, we are going to define toxic femininity as um, when women place expectations on other women that are harmful. Okay, perfect. Um, We've talked about a couple different things, but I think the, the most important question for us to dive into right off the bat is how has toxic femininity impacted you in your lives. Um, Ashley, would you be willing to kind of start us off with that? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of women are affected <laughs> um, when other women talk about their body image and or like fashion. Um, I know in my life, like growing up, um, I just had, I had some some people like either talk about their own way a lot. Um, and like growing up that, that affected me, even though they weren't saying anything about like how I looked or my weight, it still 
it still would make me think like, oh, like, oh, I'm not skinny enough or I don't weigh, you know, I, I weigh more, like 30 pounds more than my sisters, or, you know, just like different things. It's like, oh, like what's wrong with me? Um, and like different fashion statements. It was just like, oh, you need to look more feminine. It's like, oh, does this t-shirt make me look masculine? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I didn't know, like, how to respond other than just, like, ignore it. Like, I don't know. And so that's, you know, that's that's what's affecting me. That's what I thought of when I thought of, like, toxic femininity. Do you feel like that's something that you still struggle with today? Um, or is that something you've overcome for the most part? At different times. Like, I, you know, there's different times where, like, I, I flash back and I remember hearing someone saying, oh, you need just a little bit more mascara. It's like, you're supposed to, you know, why don't you just tell me, like, I'm pretty the way I am? Like, why are you saying I need this additional, you know, in my head, worldly, you know, stuff to make me look good? Because, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's fair. Do you feel like, so in, in terms of, like, how that plays at a toxic femininity, do you feel like women in general feel the need, like, 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 where does this stem from? Like, why do so many women end up talking about that so much in a way such that it impacts you growing up or other young girls as they're growing up? You know, I think a lot of it comes from the media. Mm. A lot of it. Um, just, like, movies of, like... I don't know. There's like different like body image like scenes and movies where I don't know. For example, I'm I'm just thinking thinking of like This Is Us. Like you have Kate when she's growing up and she's just like looking in the mirror or just comparing herself to her mom and like oh like I'm not skinny enough or uh, you know I'm not pretty enough. I just give up type thing. And so um, and there's like other movies and examples and stuff. But I'm also thinking well like. Sometimes where I'm like, oh, like, I'm not pretty enough, then it's just like, I give up. I think there was a point in high school where I'm like, okay, well, you know, my girlfriends are, like, inviting me to different things, or, like, they're just doing their own thing, and I'm just always going home, like, to do nothing, <laughs> or no one's talking to me in classes, and, like, I didn't feel special, I didn't feel pretty, and at that point, I was like, I give up. So I just wore shorts and a sweater or a t-shirt to school like every single day. And it got to the point where where I just felt so down on myself. I, you know, I, I felt very crappy. And that was the point where like I felt like I needed to change something. But it was for me. It wasn't because other people were saying things mm -hmm. like made me change the way I dressed or, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that, that really helped my self-esteem go back up. When you, like, myself. decided that you were going to wear what you were comfortable with no matter what other people thought? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, <laughs> it was like, I think, okay, well, different girls wear these things, but it's like, I don't feel comfortable wearing that. So, you know, I had to find my own, my own thing. That's interesting to me because I feel like, at least for you and the way I hear you describe that is toxic femininity was essentially defining for you what was feminine in a sense of being pretty and you spent so long like you spent a chunk of time trying to live up to those standards and that wasn't you right like mm -hmm. that wasn't Ashley and so of course it didn't make you happy and yeah it's interesting for me to hear you say like what made you happy was to do what what you felt for you mm -hmm. was pretty and it was feminine yeah and like 
and it worked for you and it made you happy. And I think that's like a really interesting insight from just this first part of this discussion is mm-hmm. imagine for a lot of people, you have to take time and think like, I don't know, my, my, how I view myself and what I perceive as pretty. Is it like, is it really from me and is it how I mm-hmm. think about things or am I letting society define what is pretty or what is feminine? And, and then does that, you know, adversely affect you? Yeah. Um, because you're maybe living what you could call a lie or you're living something that you don't actually believe. Yeah. I think with that, like, you, you know, like all the movies or like different people would say like, oh, like got a nice butt or, you know, different things. It's like, okay, but like, does that, does that make me pretty or like different things? And so I think just with what you're saying, just like finding, finding something that makes you comfortable and it doesn't have to be, you know, like it, it doesn't have to be and it shouldn't be what the world tells you or what other other women or society places upon you. That's really cool. I said I was going to be really hands-off, but I feel like I've already talked a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's shift gears. Savannah, um, do you want to talk about your experience? Or Justin, do you want to talk about your experience? Yeah, sure. Um, so for me, I was a... Uh, trying to think of um, experiences in my life, how toxic femininity has affected me. And last night at like one in the morning, I was laying in bed and I was thinking about it. <laughs> she <laughs> had an epiphany, guys. <laughs> I had an epiphany. It came to me. Um, but no, so I guess just like, like precursor of what I'm about to say. Um, I feel like there's this stigma around women that like, women are very emotional and they're overly emotional. They're irrational, like particularly pertaining to like women on their periods, like oh, like all the raging hormones. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> they I make them irrational. Irrational. A, yeah. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> as far as toxic femininity is concerned, a lot of, a, a lot of uh, women will use, not a lot. Well, I don't know. They'll use their periods as an, as an excuse to say what they want um, and, and blame it on, like, oh, it's just, like, it's just my hormones. Like, I can, I can get away with saying what I want to and acting the way that I want to um, because of this. And for me, that's influenced me rather adversely because I have never wanted somebody to think that I was being irrational and I'm sure that there have been times in my life when I have been um but because of that particularly pertaining to subjects about like my emotional or mental well-being um I I hesitate to share those things like if I'm struggling with something I'm not super apt to call like call somebody or grab somebody for help and I can think of times in my life when I've been in pretty dark spots, but haven't, I've never asked for help and I've never told anybody about any of those experiences for fear that if I did, somebody would be like, oh, like she's just, she's just being over emotional. She's being irrational. Like, yeah. So I feel like that's been something that's really affected me. I think with that, 
I've I've seen at least in high school. I remember I remember seeing either one or two girls that like they're always dramatic. Yeah, always always like saying, "Oh, that's my period," and it's like, right. okay, like it got to the point where it's like, okay, that can't be, or you're just making that excuse, like what Jessalyn was saying. Right. And I think it got to the point where I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to blame anything on my period. Yeah. Because then, then I'm becoming what I didn't like. Exactly. You know. But I think there's times, obviously, there are women that are affected, you know, by their period in, in different ways. But I think it's irrational to use that as an excuse, mm. you know, throughout the whole time that you're agreed that you're on it. I feel like it's kind of like that that story, like the boy who called cried wolf, wolf, whatever it's called. For sure. <laughs> Where it's like, yes. you know, like some girls are ruining it for the rest of us. Yes. When there is like a serious issue, you should be taken seriously. Yeah. But if you're like abusing that excuse right. the way you shouldn't be, you're kind of ruining it for everyone else. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll watch yourself. <laughs> and I think too, the like... Uh, I think another problem with all that is just that like, then we also get this stigma, you know, when a woman is maybe being a little bit emotional or dramatic, the question is, oh, are you on your period? Mm-hmm. Right? And I, we were just talking about this, but, like, I, that makes me really uncomfortable. Like, I don't like it when people do that. Because to me, and I don't think they mean it this way, but the only thing that I hear when people are like, oh, are you on your period? Like, in essence, they're saying, your emotions aren't valid. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what you're saying. It's not true. Yeah. Like, what you're feeling, I don't care. <laughs> so, like, oh, that's great. That's nice. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that's interesting to me. Sorry, did you want to say No, something? go ahead. Okay. It's interesting to me because I remember during the toxic masculinity episode, mm-hmm. I talked about something similar to what you just said, not in that I have periods. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> but that I'm, <laughs> I'm apprehensive about showing... Um, vulnerability specifically about times when I'm struggling emotionally because I feel like it devalidates my sense of masculinity. Mm. And for you, it sounds like you struggle to show vulnerability in those moments because you feel like it's almost like your femininity devalues your emotions. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. No, that. I feel like I'm, I feel like she's trying to say is like <laughs> I'm trying to like kind of dissect what you just said. I feel like society's built up like this image of what is feminine, and that image says like a feminine somebody who's truly feminine has irrational emotions, mm. and therefore yeah. she yes. like has like this fear of falling into that. Yes, I have because like I want I want to be taken seriously in my life. Like I don't. I would prefer to not ever have somebody, like, look at me and be like, oh, she's just looking for attention. Yeah, like, oh, just kind of like, ignore her for now. Like, yeah, like... Like, just come back in two days and she'll be good. I think that, yeah, like, I I know that that would, like, insanely hurt me if I shared something, like, I'm struggling with this, or this is something that's, like, really overwhelming me right now. If I, like, ha- who I was sharing that with was like, oh, she's just looking for attention. She just wants attention. She's being overdramatic. So it's like that fear of having that reaction. Mm-hmm. Because that's what society has dictated that women do. So how does that problem perpetuate it? <laughs> that's a good like, question. And, and I'll be the first to say, like, 
men suck at this. I myself have said that before. Uh, something that I've tried to correct <laughs> after some wonderful women have told me that that's a stupid thing to react. But, like, it definitely men are perpetrators of this, right? And assuming that when women express emotion that, like, oh, you're in your period or you're being overly emotional, like, they fail to validate legitimate emotions. But beyond that, like, how do you feel like this issue is perpetrated? No, not perpetrated, I, perpetuated. <laughs> I feel like part of it is just that, like, for both males and females... Talking about emotions can be really uncomfortable for everyone involved. It's true. So, like, if you're feeling... Like, I know I've had these experiences where, like, I am having a really bad day or I'm having really bad anxiety. And it's, like, to the point where, like, I, I need to do something about it. Like, I need to go home or I need to, like, stop what I'm doing right then. And I need to, like, change what I'm doing so I can, like, pay attention mm-hmm. to the emotions that I'm feeling. But... Like, coming out and saying that to your boss or coming out and saying that to, like, your teacher or, like, you know, somebody that you're with at the time is, like, uncomfortable for pretty much everyone that's involved, I think, a lot of the times. And so, because there's, like, this stigma around your emotions, I think that perpetuates it coming from both men and women. I think, too, this just occurred to me, but, like, in moments when maybe I've, like, alluded to something that I'm struggling with. Um, I have had female females that I look up to and love, and still do, obviously, but react in such a way of, like, no. Yeah. Like, like, no, no. Like, so, like, like, for example, there was one night that I was feeling particularly overwhelmed, And I was having a really hard time falling asleep. Like, I just, for the life of me, could not fall asleep. So the next morning, I was just kind of saying something about that. Because, you know, like, the general question. Like, oh, how'd you sleep last night? I'm like, well, actually. And the response was, oh, no. Like, you were fine. Like, it it wasn't because you were feeling overwhelmed. You just were having a little bit of a hard time falling asleep. And I was like... Well, actually, you weren't there feeling my emotions <laughs> last night. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. no, but thanks. <laughs> What's interesting to me is that I would imagine that that individual probably... It's funny, because I imagine, and maybe I shouldn't say this because I don't know the situation, but perhaps that individual is trying to say that in a means of, like, trying to console you. Like, like oh, no, it wasn't your emotions. Like, everybody has trouble falling asleep. You don't need to feel like you're being overwhelmed by your emotions. Yeah. And, like, yeah, perhaps this individual did have good intent. But I think what's, I'm sure. But I think what's fascinating behind that is that it's, it's a lack of understanding and foresight on that person's part. Right. Which I think kind of sheds light on the idea that, like, you, you need to think more in general as a human being before you make statements that could potentially devalidate someone's emotions. Right. And in your instance, I think that's a prime example of somebody that perhaps didn't take the time to think deeply enough about, like, Jesslyn's telling me something that is bothering her and trying to be vulnerable. And Right. And I'm sure that's what it was, because I'm sure that this individual had good intentions. I feel like also um, a lot of times, especially people that you're close to and people that care about you a lot, when you try to share these emotions, their immediate reaction is, like, they want to fix the problem and, like, yeah. make you feel better. This is and so true. the immediate thing is to try and, like, basically, like, give some sort of explanation for why you're feeling mm-hmm. this way that makes it so that 
It's okay. It's okay. Like, you don't need to be feeling that way because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But they're not, like, trying to harm you. They're just trying to, like, take away your pain and, like, fix the problem for you, which can be beneficial, I think, in some situations, maybe when your emotions aren't rational because everyone has those sometimes. True. But I feel like for the most part, when you're, that's usually more harmful than it is doing good. So we backtrack because, so what, what you're saying is that oftentimes instead of, like, trying to help someone confront and overcome their emotions, we try and just, like... Ignore it or... I like, feel like explain, explain away. Like, okay. oh, you're feeling this. Like like what she said. Like, mm. oh, you just couldn't fall asleep because everyone has trouble falling asleep sometimes. It's not because of your emotions. Or it's... Or I'm trying to think of another example where somebody's done that to me. <sighs> I'm blanking. The pressure is too much. (laughs) See, that's interesting because, like, so so do all three of you feel like that's a common issue that you face as as women as you, like, in terms of your relationships with other women? Like, do you or others tend to try and explain away your emotions a lot? Like, I guess my question is, is like, is this, is this like a really common issue among women or, or is this like a... A human issue? Yeah. I want to say it's both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And it, it kind of has to be both. Right, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like, with within... Between women, yeah, I think... Because they're like, oh, like, I've been there. And, like, they try and relate, but... Sometimes, I don't know, at least for me, and I'm sure other women and other people, you know, want just to be heard. They don't want, mm-hmm. um, they don't want you to people fix to problem. fix their problem. Yeah, that's true. So let me, let me pose another question. I'm so sorry I'm talking so much. Um, it's okay. We value you, Levi. That's why we want to be here. We like you. It's okay to feel this emotion. Okay. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. So we've, we've talked about a, a lot about emotions and vulnerability in general. I just kind of want to, like, kind of um, find a way to sum this up. Uh, so we talked about how you feel like women in general... Um, their vulnerability it's very common for women's vulnerability to be discounted as like yes yeah. irrational or not caused or not valid and then it's also very common for women to try and explain away vulnerability which to me is so fascinating because as a male i see like lack of vulnerability as a male issue and not as a female issue like i mm-hmm. think I, I assume that women are far more vulnerable so why is this so common? Like, 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 where does this stem from, this idea that vulnerability is not good or it needs to be explained away? Well, I think some of it, too, is that, like, it de- depends on the kind of vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm very willing to be vulnerable in other aspects of my life with individuals, but not necessarily just this one aspect. I think... I think this kind of leads into the the aspect that I was going to talk about toxic femininity is just this idea that there's like this vague, like somebody's come up with this vague idea of like the ideal woman. And I think part of this ideal woman is that she's vulnerable in some aspects of her life, Mm -hmm. but in other aspects she's not because that's like a weakness. And so I think too messy. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, too needy. Too needy. Yeah. And nobody wants to be too needy. Yes. 
And that's, like, a really big thing. Especially, I think, when it comes to, like, dating and relationships. I think women are, like, overly self-conscious about, like, if they're feeling, like, this real emotion and this real need. Mm -hmm. But they are, like, I don't want to voice this or I don't want to talk to my partner about this because uh, they'll interpret me as being too needy. Or, like, this is another example. Um, I know... I feel like in lately years of years of late, <laughs> what's the word? Recently. Recently, but not even like recently. Just I think in my generation, oh. there's just been this big push where people are like, oh, yeah, girls can ask guys out. Like, that's super, like, go for it. Like, woman power. Like, text the guy first or approach him for his number or, like, go after him. You know what I mean? All this for like, it. I'm all for it. Yeah. Okay, see, Levi's example number one. He's going to tell me after this episode, Fanny, you should go get this guy's number, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, and, I, and I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, oh, I could do that. But I feel like there's still this, this stigma that, like, if I do ask for a guy's number if I do ask a guy out their immediate thought even if they're not like trying to think it is like she's desperate or she's like she wants to marry me yeah you know what I mean it's not like as casual as if a guy asked me out and so there's like this like no girl wants to be that Mm -hmm. and so I think girls are really hyper aware of like this ideal woman what does a guy want out of me and how can I fit into this and what is like, and how does that, f- basically, if you don't fit into that mold, like, your chances of having close relationships with other females goes down as well, because you're not, on, like, part of the in-group. So, do you think that's a... females, sorry. like, group together. They're, like, little cows. Very yeah. Very clicky. <laughs> I don't know why cows came to my brain. It's an odd way but to <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> cows are nice. A, a lady came over today and was delivering meat from cows, so it was just on my brain. Anyways, <laughs> but that's how girls are. They like they're they're very the clicky. They're they're like cows. They're very clicky, and so you you want to fit into this ideal mold in order to fit in with other girls to yes. also be accepted by men. It's just like this huge pressure that girls put on themselves to fit into this mold, so that. So that they can be accepted in the world, I guess. Yes. So how much of that comes from men and how much of that comes from women? I think it's like 50 Because part of me feels like... I feel like it goes both... I feel like it can go both ways. Yeah. Hmm. Because for, like, for me, for example, um, I was on the dance company in high school and all of the girls that were on the dance company were very much like... They all wore a lot of makeup, and they would, like, had their iPhones, and, like, their Starbucks, and, like, <laughs> I mean, they were they were nice girls. I really Classic. think that they were genuinely nice girls, but, like, most of them were very, like, oh, like, kind of, well, what's the word? Like, I wish you could see what Justin's doing with her hands right now. <laughs> well, like, kind of preppy, I guess. And like, for they me, owned AirPods? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yes. But for AirPods me, Jesslyn owns AirPods. <laughs> In case you're wondering. <laughs> Anyway, for me at the time, though, I was going, like, high school was, like, major nerdum for me. Like, I was a major nerd, and in the beginning of Dance Company, like, I tried to make friends with some of these girls, and it, like, did not work. And it got to the point, and I didn't have an iPhone, so, like, they'd all be on their iPhones on breaks, and I would feel literally so awkward because none of them would talk to me. 
and I didn't feel like any of them liked me. I felt like they judged me. And so I literally would bring a book in with me. I think I was reading The Hobbit for most of that time. Exactly. And I literally would be sitting on the side, like, by the wall, reading The Hobbit. So, like, I really think it can go both ways. Like, I feel like these, these girls looked at me and they were like, ooh, like, she doesn't wear as much, like, you know, I mean, like, I think she's nice, but, like... She's a little bit weird, so we're just gonna... Keep her distance. Keep her distance. Like, we don't want that to rub off on us. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing is, like, I don't even know why girls do that. Because, like, I feel like I've been in that situation on both, like, the outsider and the insider. Right. Same. And, like, when I'm on the inside, I'm not ever thinking, like, oh, I don't want to, like, associate with her. But, like, you just don't. Mm Mm-hmm. But why... Like, it's not a conscious thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because, like, I just remember being in different situations where I've seen girls and been like, oh, like, they're going to be this type and I'm not going to like them. But then I have to spend time with them. And then I end up <laughs> loving them. And it's yeah. like, why yeah. did I, why did I, like, think all these things? Like, maybe some of them might have been true, but it doesn't mean they were bad or, you know, That's it's just true. different aspects that, oh, you know what? She is kind of like that. But I like it. Like, it gives her some spunk <laughs> or something, you know? It gives her... That's, you know... There's different things where girls get their strengths from. And, and like, of course, you can't, you shouldn't be bringing other other females down or even other people in general. Um, but I think... I think we can't... We can't be too quick to judge and just be open. And just, like, talk to people. Like, talk to other women and... And you're gonna make you know you're gonna make friends like you're not gonna become best friends with everyone and all the girls that you, you're not <laughs> compatible <laughs> with. <laughs> but there's different things, you know. There's something in every one that you meet, in every mm-hmm. woman you meet, every man too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about women here. <laughs> you know, there's something in every woman that you meet that you will like. Like I can almost guarantee that. Like there's something you just have to mm-hmm. find your thing with them, your connection. And I don't know, that's something, I think that's something that, like, like, society has, like, built up is, like, oh, like, you only, you only fit in with these women type thing. But it's, like, no, there's, there's something in everyone that, that you can connect with and, and you're going to love them for that. And every time you think of that subject, you would be like, oh, man, like, I love that person. Like, (laughs) we don't hang out, but this is, like, the um, whole, like, high school musical Movie number one, like, <laughs> what's the word? What? Like, storyline. Like the this is the storyline yeah. of High School Wait, Musical. Are you talking about like the status quo? Yeah, the like, status song? quo. <laughs> like, come mix it up. Yeah. No, you know what? Okay, as you're saying this, Ashley, I'm just thinking like, even like you, like I feel like you and me, like looking at each other, like if you just look at like our base like interests and likes, I don't feel like you and I necessarily have nope. a lot in common, <laughs> but like. There's so many times when we're, like, talking. Either you're going off with (laughs) one of our other roommates or someone, and I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, Like, who are these actors? (laughs) (laughs) But there's, like, different things that, like, we, you know, like, we love each other, and, like, we we get, or we, you know, different inside jokes, even though we're so different. We're different, but, like, like, you're, like, one of my best friends. Yeah. And I love having you as a roommate, so, like, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to me, because I think this is almost... we're coming to a very similar conclusion that we came to in toxic masculinity, which is it comes down to 
stop defining what is masculine for mm-hmm. us. We, you know, Ethan had this line that was like, you know, if your son wants to go and pick flowers, let him go pick flowers. Don't tell yes. him that's not okay. And I, I think <laughs> that's Please. a lot of what you've just said, Ashley. Yeah. It's like, you know, don't, don't define for other women what makes them, them feminine. Let them be who they are. It was, yeah. I said this, I think it was in the last episode where I, I think I mentioned, like, stop seeing Jesslyn as Jesslyn yeah. the girl mm-hmm. and just see Jesslyn. Yeah. And let Jesslyn become who she is as a human being. Yeah. Um, I think that also applies to this. I was just going to say, I, I think it's also important to put in a plug for not just, like, how you are perceiving other people, but how you're perceiving yourself. Because I think that's a huge, it's maybe not the root cause, but I think it's associated with this, that that we have a tendency to judge other people because we judge ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really prevalent on social media. Like, when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see somebody's picture, like, the first thing that you do is you start analyzing it. And, like, yeah. looking at, like, well, what are they wearing? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it is, you just start analyzing them instead of just, like, looking at, oh, they're having fun in this picture. Or, oh, they must have had a great day. Or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I think that, and then when we go to post a picture on Instagram, we analyze ourselves. And we're like, okay, do I look good enough in this picture? What am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And And so many women have this problem where if they want to take, like, a picture... They have to take, like, 40 pictures because they look bad in all of them. But, like, they look the same in all of them. You know what I mean? So it's, like, this huge... This huge thing where you're judging yourself, you're objectifying yourself, basically. Mm -hmm. And then, therefore, that's making you do it to other people. And that's just wrong. Yeah. It's just not healthy. (laughs) It's true. So, with the time that we have left, I want to touch on this. Because we touched on this in Toxic Masculinity. And it was... Essentially, how will you raise your daughters differently to help them avoid this? Like, what has to be done with our future generations so that, you know, our daughters and don't, like, not not that we can eliminate this, like, completely, right. but how do we help fight this in the way that we raise our daughters? I think one thing, one thing from, from the beginning, what I was saying about weight and stuff, that's one thing that I... I don't want to talk about with my daughters. Like, I don't want to bring up, oh, like, I gained 10 pounds this month. <laughs> That's a lot, but <laughs> I hope I don't. Um, but, like, I don't want to talk about, like, weight like that. I just want to be like, you know, I feel good this month. Or, you know, next month, this this week, I want to I want to do some more exercise just because it makes me feel better about right. myself. And that's what that's what I want for my daughters is I want them to understand that we do things for ourselves to make ourselves feel better, but not because society or other girls are doing things or, you know, I I want I want my daughters to be themselves and, and to find find what makes them them and not find what makes them fit in. Yeah. I I also really, really like what you said about how like, in your situation, nobody ever commented on your weight in particular, mm-hmm. but the fact that they were commenting on their own weight made you self-conscious about your weight. Mm-hmm. And so I think in raising daughters, like, if if me as a mom, if I'm constantly, like, making comments about my own weight or, like, mm-hmm. how I look and constantly saying, like, oh, this or makes me look fat or, or, like, oh, I didn't get ready today, I can't go out or, like, oh, don't take a picture of me, I don't look good today. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I'm never saying anything about that towards my daughter, 
even if I'm telling my daughter all the time, like, oh, you're beautiful, you're perfect, she will automatically pick up on those things that I, as a mother, mm-hmm. am doing. And then she'll start mm-hmm. analyzing yeah. herself, which is hurtful. I think that's true. And I think, for me, like, in raising daughters, I just want... I want my daughters to feel empowered, and I want them to feel like they can do anything. So if my little girl wants to be a doctor or a lawyer, she can do it. And if my little boy wants to be a ballerina, he can do it. Like, <laughs> I will teach him. <laughs> yeah, teach him, not me. <laughs> I just... And I think that just, like, not... And obviously, like, those stigmas that we place in society are going to, like, come into your children's life, whether you, like, want it or not, right, because of the world that we live in. But I think just creating an atmosphere where your child feels comfortable trying anything that they want to, asking any of the questions that they want to, and just genuinely making them feel validated about whatever they do. Yeah, I think with that, like, I, I, I sincerely hope that my daughters will will help. Kind of what Levi was saying, like, okay, we're not going to do it. Like, our own generation of kids are going <laughs> to, like, fix the whole world. But, like, I hope, I hope that my daughters can help other women, you know, other girls mm. their age and, um, and other women. Because there's points, you know, where other women look look up to people younger than them because because of who who they know they are like I want my girls to know who they are and that that there's more out there that they can they can find about themselves and I hope that inspires others um just one last thought on this um I think I know for me I grew up with a bunch of brothers and so my whole life I felt more comfortable around guys than I have around girls and like my automatic instinct when I'm in a room of people is to gravitor- gravitate to wherever the guys are. And I think for me, for my daughters, I, I want to set some sort of example and show them that like a sisterhood mm-hmm. with women is a safe place and that they can feel safe in that. And I think that starts with me learning to feel comfortable with other women and really mm-hmm. like learning to connect with them and be vulnerable with them so that those healthy relationships can be formed so that my own daughters can see because of my life and my example that that women are a good thing, that women support each other, that women strengthen each other instead of tearing each other down. Right. Yeah. Something I think is important to remember is like just for me being able to be somewhat of a bystander in this conversation, like I think through the process of this conversation, you three have become very relaxed in a sense that you're very comfortable with your femininity and you're very comfortable talking about it. Like, in my opinion, you three look like empowered individuals because you've been able to be free and open about this. And I I would hope that we have conversations like this with our daughters. Mm -hmm. Really upfront, very real conversations about our daughters. We talk about these struggles um, and... We're honest about, you know, I think we're just honest about this issue and we're willing to have these real conversations because there's been multiple times that I've been able to kind of be a fly on the wall in conversations where I've seen women be able to be a little bit more, I think, open and honest about their feelings and their struggles with these things. And it would be so wonderful if, like, every girl that was born into this world by the age of 12 could have a couple conversations with 
women around them about how capable, how powerful they are and what mm-hmm. truly defines them and what doesn't define them. I think that, I don't know, that's just one thing that's really struck me. This has been a really awesome conversation conversation to be a part of. I hope I haven't like tried to direct it too much, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. Again. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much. Listeners, thank you for tuning in and uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>